everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And it's December. It's hard it to believe. December. It's already December. Wow. Yeah. Can't believe that. Um, holiday season is here. Um, so we're going to start off the month by talking about one of the f- first se- of several holiday movies we're going to be covering this year. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie I have seen. Yes. Ryan had not seen. Nope. And Devin had not seen. For some reason. Um, <laughs> it is the 1988 Richard Donner film, Scrooged, starring Bill Murray and Karen Allen. So, did he come up with the idea? Of, um, did he come up with the idea for this movie before or after he ate his family? Who? Donner. Not that Donner. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Not that Donner. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Richard Donner, <laughs> the director of Superman the movie. Yeah, yeah, the Goonies, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lethal uh, Weapon 1, 2, 3, and 4. Which you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of, so yes, I um, know. Yeah. I just love making that joke with him. <laughs> so usually we get into, <laughs> when was the first time you saw this? And usually I ask you guys that question, but now yeah. I get the go. So, ha. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay, so, so Alan, when was the first time you saw this movie? I don't remember exactly when. I don't remember exactly when the first time i saw it was but i do remember only ever seeing this on tbs so it was weird watching it this time without the tbs superstation logo in the corner (laughs) um but i will say when i went back and we watched it for the show today i did watch it on vhs okay yeah my vcr still works yeah this would be so good on vhs it's the best way to watch it this is one of those films that is made for vhs and we just and believe it or not, I just bought this VHS in the last three months. <laughs> Where? Where did you buy a VHS? Um, at a flea market in or outside of Harrisburg. I hate to be Good this answer. person, but really, VHS. It was yeah. made to be watched on VHS. Oh, absolutely, it was. I agree completely. No, you don't get the full range of Bobcat Goldflake's voice. Unless you get the distortion of the VHS being out of sync a little bit. As you long as you, you spend how... 10 minutes trying to get the tracking right on no, the, I, I just uh, on the I, screen. I, I, said, I said to my wife when we started watching it, uh, back away from your mic a little bit, get a little close. Yeah. Um, I said to my wife when we started watching it, it's like, is it going to bug you? The tracking's going to make that noise throughout? She's like, probably, but I don't care because <laughs> this is awesome. Because <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, and I streamed it. I felt like it was too high quality. Like yeah. I felt like it needed to be toned back a little bit. Exactly. No, I didn't think that at all. <laughs> I mean, VHS on my HDTV in 2018, it, it was exactly what I needed it to be. I'm ashamed of both of you. I'm ashamed. <laughs> You're just jealous that I have I'm VCR. I'm not jealous. I, I have VHS tapes of the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. Do I watch it oh, on those tapes? No. I watch them on DVD. Why? Because it's better. Because it's but part of it is just, oh, just the joy of VHS, just putting it in, knowing you have to rewind, forgetting you didn't rewind. All of that just, it's part of it. Yeah. Like I had to, uh, like I wanted to go back and rewatch parts of this, but I was like, I don't feel like waiting for it to rewind. And you, I don't need to say anything more. You guys played my arguments for me. So I don't have to even be no. like, no, instead of going back it. on the tape, I just went to YouTube and I was like, oh, okay, it's here. Like, oh my god, both of you. There's also I've... nothing better than having to rewind a tape but not having seen the movie before, so you just close your eyes so you don't accidentally yeah. see spoilers in reverse. That's like the best. That's why you get one of those self uh one of those uh self re re setups. The one uh I did... nobody has those in 2018. 
No. Who watches a movie on VHS in 2018 and, and it doesn't have a rewinder for crying out loud? I mean, I have the VCR itself. I just oh watch something else and let it rewind. That's how you and ruin you a VHS player. Is it? You rewind yes. it at the end of the thing. No, it, it'll auto It breaks rewind. down. Those rewinders this, were made to okay, save let, VCRs. Let me, let me clarify something. This VCR that I have is from like 2001. So like it's the <laughs> end of the VCR. So it's still kind of like better tech. I bet it makes some noises it didn't make a couple years ago, does it? I don't know. I, I ha- <laughs> Literally, I t- went to put in this VHS tape. and I took There was a tape in it already. I took it out and it was a... Did you ever hear of the Thin Man, Thin Man series? It was a series of black and white movies from like the 1950s. Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. Um, well, my wife and I bought the box set of all of them at the library for like a dollar. And like yes. four years ago, we watched the first one and I <laughs> hit eject on the V8 VCR and the tape of the first one came out. I was like, wow, we haven't watched a, v- a VHS in this long. Like, God. <laughs> Like I remember watching that, and that was several years ago. So, and I have to say too, Sony definitely lost out because Beta because Beta was better. Okay, let, let's talk about Beta Max. Wait. For, <laughs> yeah, like, wait, it was better. Beta was better. In what way? The better sound, better picture. The only reason why it didn't take off was because Sony didn't make the cassettes large enough to fit three hours or two and a half hours of of basically film on it. That's why it failed. That's all do you want to know another reason why it failed? Because of porn. Because porn, of porn. industry wouldn't take it. The porn, Wait, really? Yeah. Porn industry embraced the V uh, the V V H yeah. V A yeah. VHS tape. Yeah. Kind of just like they oh. uh, they embraced the Blu ray over the H D D V D. And that's why Blu ray became a thing. Yeah. Because Sony reached out and actually made sure that their product was going to fit for their industry. Yeah. Because that's oh how gosh. that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that big of a pull. Digital downloads are a big thing because the porn industry started well, on that first. It depends on what porn are you're watching. True. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't watch it on VHS, I won't watch it. Anyway. <laughs> I love how we went off on this tangent. Um, anyway, getting back to the focus of today's show, Scrooged. Um, <laughs> So this is a pretty much a Christmas Carol set in the eighties at a TV station, which so, fits actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the first time you guys watched it. I watched it on VHS tape. You guys streamed it. Yep. Yeah. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. Nice. Let me guess. You paid the uh, three ninety nine to rent it to watch it. I actually have a Stars subscription, and it was free. Ah. Oh, screw you. Nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Ryan, I'll start with you since you had to pay to watch this. <laughs> Was it worth it? I want my three ninety nine back. Really? <laughs> really? Oh no! Okay. Oh, no. Now, now, here's the thing. Oh. Here's the reason why I like Bill Murray in it. Okay, mm-hmm. I do like Bill Murray, and I was kind of happy that Bill Murray was just playing Bill Murray, like his like <laughs> jokey type, you know, going off on tangents. The the uh, the 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 close up with him like just rain just you know the close up with him with the facial uh expressions and him just mm-hmm. going off on saying his stuff about you know like well what if this well why that okay. why can't I do this like I liked all of that mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching something that was made for TV okay interesting um I'll I'll 
I'll love to watch certain scenes from this and love to watch certain clips, but as a movie, I'm not that big of a fan of it. So if you were to watch this on like TBS, like if this, if I'd this give it time, on, you, you yeah. put it on, yeah, on TBS. Okay. If you know there was nothing else on, okay. <laughs> um, Devin, what did you think? I loved it. I loved it. Um, I had this really big aversion to Christmas movies for a really long time, so I haven't watched a lot of them. And I had also had this huge Bill Murray phase in high school that, Alan, I think you were there for, uh, where I watched Stripes like every day for a very long time. And I'm actually really pissed at myself that I've never watched this movie, especially during that phase, because I would have loved it back then. But I love it now, and I'm just making up for lost time. I there. There are just so many little aspects of this movie that I love for very niche and like very Devin reasons, but I just, oh, and I want to get into a lot of them, but I love it. Okay. Well, real quick, before we go too much further into this, I watched this with my wife and we f- laugh the whole time. Did you guys watch this with your wives or did you watch it alone? I watched it with my wife and my mother-in-law. Okay. What did they think? My wife fell asleep. Okay. And my mother-in-law picked up her laptop about five minutes in. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Devin, how about you? Did you watch it alone? I watched it. I watched it by myself, yeah. My wife was close, and I, like, sometimes, like, said hi to her. But that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just curious. Um, yeah. So this movie opens on the North Pole, and I always forget about the opening of this movie. That threw me off at first. But <laughs> then I figured like once like the rockets were coming in, I was like, okay, so either the South Pole is attacking or this is like <laughs> a like this is some type of like commercial or some type of like play or something that he's yeah. directing. Like 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 this has to set up the storyline in some way. Like, you know, Bill Murray's not gonna come in and be like the fixer for the North Pole or or something. Yeah. So then as soon well, they- as they showed like the like the shadow, like commando people start shooting into the building. Then I figured, I'm like, okay, this is like a commercial or a movie or they're in a movie theater or something. Yeah. Like that's just the way that this is playing out. Well, have either of you ever seen a UHF with Weird Al? I have. Ryan. It, that's what it reminds me of. That, Ryan. Like it reminded, yeah, that's on Ryan's list. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. And all I three of totally... us are big Weird Al fans. Yes, so. I'm a huge Weird Al fan. Oh, uh, and you haven't seen this? I haven't seen UHF. Uh, good anyway that's what the opening reminded me of and that's why i loved it right away like it started out like because i mean i think weird al even has a song like the night santa went crazy where like yeah santa shoots people and i'm like this is right up my alley already i love this movie um and but the the reference of lee majors the six million dollar man coming in does not work in 2018 as well No, it doesn't but i caught it yeah yeah um so I, I completely forgot about the opening of this movie until I watched it again. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So this movie stars Bill Murray, like we've talked about. It also has Karen Allen, who we all know from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And that's the only Indiana Jones movie she appears in. Mm-hmm. We're gonna that's the, or We're going to acknowledge that she's in. <laughs> the only one. Um, Bobcat Goldflay as the guy who gets fired the day before Christmas. Which I have never seen him without a beard until now. Or are, I've are never you, recognized are you, him. Are you used to NPR Bobcat Goldflay? Because he shows up a lot on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. If... If he had okay, so the voice, the the, the voice that he does, mm-hmm. the voice that he had in Hercules as one yes, of the yeah. two minions, is that played up a little bit? He 
because it's, if it's played up, then it's I a may voice, not have recognized him on the radio. It's a voice that he's he does or okay. did. I don't know if he can do it anymore. Yeah, okay, because I remember him with a beard making yeah. that voice, being kind of wow. like the be kind of like the dumb, silly, drunk yeah. friend, you know, like yeah, he, that type of thing. He's stepped away from doing that voice. He's become more of a director now. Yeah. And oh, producer. Nice. So um he's more behind the scenes, but I remember he was on a podcast back when I was in college and they were asking him about the voice and he's like, yeah, it's just a thing I did with my stand up, and it, it took off. And then I was like, well, I guess this is my voice for a while. Yeah. And <laughs> like they asked him if he could still do it. And he's like, I, I could try, but it's not going to be as good. And he, yeah. he, I think he gave it a shot and it was like a little off, but it was still kind of yeah. there. But it's like hurt his vocal cords. Cause I feel like it must like put some strain on it, something. It had to have make him squeaky. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Like, like it, it, it had to have damaged his voice a little bit yeah. somehow. I mean, it's a great voice. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Um, and then we have David Johansson as the ghost of Christmas past, Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present. And then yeah, there was a, a lot of a, people, in a this. puppet as yeah. the ghost of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. A puppet, a terrifying puppet, by the yeah, way. Oh my God. I love that. Puppet. Weird. I, like I thought it was thing. cool, especially the little like three demon people that lived inside its chest. This movie, like it, it's so 1980s Tim Burton. Yeah, that's it's, the first thing that came to mind, actually. And I think that's because of the music. Like it's Danny Elfman doing the score, and even oh, nowadays, like that. if you listen to this score in the Batman Return score, the la 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 la, la like it's uh, it's yeah. like spot on the same thing. So I think Danny Elfman was just like copy and paste. That's <laughs> what we talked about on uh, He's like, one gonna, of our first podcasts. Yeah, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take my Scrooge theme and my Batman theme and just mix them, and Batman returns. Yeah, because <laughs> we talked about that when it came to the theme for uh, the uh, the Pirates of the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean theme and the Gladiator. Theme. Yeah. Were almost oh, yeah, were they like the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It, well, that, that's also the first Hans Zimmer. Time. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing the same scores. It's the same so. guy. Um, yeah, he's like, I'll just leave a few notes out of the Gladiator theme. Yeah. And you got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, but watching this movie, I'm still like, this feels more like a Tim Burton thing. And as far as I know, he's not involved at all. Um, it really it feels like you should be, though. the feel for it. Yeah. I mean, it just might have been the type of but feel then, for like, the story. Thinking about it, like, I don't know if this really feels like a Richard Donner movie at all. Like maybe he saw something that Tim Burton did. Maybe he saw Beetlejuice and like, oh hey, I can do that. <laughs> I was actually surprised to see. Um, uh, th- Which one? I the name just flew right, right out of my head. Oh no! Uh, the main actor, Bill Murray. Bill Murray just flew right <laughs> out of my head. The name just like, <laughs> uh, it's circling around the fan right now. Anyway, I think I watched it go. Yeah, the Bill Murray in the wall is watching it. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. I, I was really surprised to see that he wasn't in any of the like directing or, or writing or anything for this because well, because oh, I mean, because like I was thinking about it, like this movie was made for him. Well, according to the IMDb trivia, um, mm-hmm. he ad libbed a lot of it. I'm not surprised. No, um, that definitely seems like it. And Richard Donner, this is this is the the quote that I pulled because I, mm-hmm. I took notes for this episode. Uh, Richard Donner discussed Murray's pertinent, uh, persistent. Uh, hold on. Richard Donner discussed um, Bill Murray's improvisation and described the experience of directing Murray as follows: 
It's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are out and you're the traffic cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that basically the same thing Bill Murray did for Caddyshack? I don't know. I've never seen Caddyshack. Yeah, no. I haven't either, but I heard he like ad-libbed like, ad-lib ad-lib most of that. Yeah, I heard like the movie wasn't even supposed to be about him, but he ad-libbed so much, they're like, oh, we have two movies here. We're going to make it about him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Yeah, we definitely need to add Caddyshack yeah. to the list. I, I have it. So. I just realized as we're going through this episode and naming movies we need to watch, I should probably write them down. <laughs> so so we've got Caddyshack. I'm just going to make a column for each of us. Okay. Um, but but uh, the, getting into Bill Murray's p- p- performance, I think that might have huh? been one of the things that kind of turned me off to the movie is because whenever I like Bill Murray in anything, he has mm-hmm. legit co-stars. There are other main characters to go along with him. And in this, it was really just him and a bunch of side people that kind of mm-hmm. had the same amount of screen time. Like he didn't have like a crew of other people that had as much screen time well, as he did to kind of bounce like a off of. And I felt then. like it was, and it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. not a bad thing. It's just, yeah. It's just you didn't like it because of that. <laughs> I like it better when Bill Murray has somebody to bounce off of yeah. instead of just him. Now, granted, the story of Scrooge, you can't really do that yeah. because it's just this one person learning a lesson. So I get that. It's just w- well, when mean, it comes to him, like it, it was it was just too condensed. He bounces off of the ghosts pretty well. Yeah, I know, but that's not f- like... Okay, so in Ghostbusters, yeah. he's always bouncing off of somebody. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In every other film I've ever seen him in, he's always bouncing off of at least one or two people who have the same amount of screen time that he does. Meaning that, you know, like, let's say Bill Murray's vodka and his co-stars are are basically orange juice, okay? Most (laughs) of the movies that I like him in, it's a well-balanced screwdriver. Okay. This was just a straight shot of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I'm I, a screwdriver fan, and I'm a screwdriver. Yeah, I mean, to that point, like, there were times when I really loved just Bill Murray being Bill Murray, but then there were times where I, I agree. I mean, I loved this movie, but there were still times where I was like, maybe too much. Yeah. So yeah. I think I know where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason uh, Richard Donner got frustrated. Like he, and I don't think Bill Murray really wanted to be there either. So I think he was just trying oh, to make he? the best out of it. Yeah, like, he does not like this movie. <laughs> oh, doesn't he? No, um, oh, I couldn't find an exact thing on it. Um, I think I think he didn't know what he was getting into. Um, no, but I think he probably wanted somebody to bounce off of, and it was just him. So yeah, right. Um, because I mean, like, I mean, it's like he had his like girlfriend not girlfriend there to bounce off of and i liked those scenes yeah one thing that i noticed though is that i felt like besides the scenes where they were in the same like frame or Mm -hmm. you could tell that they were on the same set like when they were showing them bumping into each other for the first time there were Mm -hmm. a few interactions where the camera angles it seemed like they couldn't get them on the same day there were a few of those, the the, uh, the one in particular that's that's sticking out on my head is uh, in the end when she's there. There's very few takes where they're together, and it's just like sh- the camera's straight on, yeah, or it's like 
directly behind. So, I mean, yeah. it could have been anybody's back of their head. And I think right. that might have been one of the issues that I had more of like it, it felt it felt like a made for TV film. Okay. Is because of the straight on camera shots instead of kind of like the arcing or off to the side. Like it felt more like yeah. it's like, okay, so we have to shoot this quick. Like this needs to be done quick and then done. You know, like there didn't really seem like there was a lot of time to like play with. You know, yeah, I mean, that, that's possible. Um, I'm looking up the what? cinematographer quick. Um, Can I like ask something controversial? Sure, yeah, maybe sure. like are Christmas movies in general just kind of shot like they're all made for TV anyway? Not really. Like, is that kind of a hallmark of the genre? Because I don't no. know too much about it, but the ones I've seen like aren't that great. I mean, a lot of the time they are shot pretty quickly because like if they start production on this, say in May, yeah, they, they wanted need to get it they done. want it out by Christmas. Yeah, so sure. a lot of it would might have been that. But you also have to take into consideration is, um, some of those sh- those shots would call for two Bill Murrays. Like when he's watching, yeah. So, like oh, right. especially the Christmas Pass one when he's meeting her yeah. for the first time and all that, because yeah. he's standing there off to the side, but he's also in the scene. So, yeah, it's probably something they do with the special effects as well. Sure. Yeah. Um. True. But and it could have been a pricing thing too, because if they got Bill Murray, if they could get a stand-in, they probably use a stand-in because yeah, right. if he has to do the double duty for those mm-hmm. scenes. Uh, they, he's gonna do that. They, yeah. they do that a lot with um, uh, superhero shows. Like if they have like, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, there was a whole episode of Supergirl this year where uh-huh. Supergirl is in a, a a spacesuit because the atmosphere has been infected with kryptonite. Yeah. So every time you see her, she's just in this suit, and then they whenever she's talking, you hear her voice, and occasionally you'll get like the Robert Downey Jr. shot inside the Iron Man suit. Yeah. Like where she's just talking. Yeah. Um, But other than that, it's not her in that suit at all because she was doing (laughs) a show on Broadway that was wrapping up production when they started. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So, and they don't acknowledge it at all. It's just like, I know what's going on because I listen to things and you're on Broadway. That's why you're not in this show. Yeah. That's so funny. So it might have been that too, but I can True. I can understand where you're coming from. I yeah. I definitely think this is a movie that if you're not going to watch it on VHS tape is great for TV. Yeah, like this is a perfect like TBS will air it several times during the holiday season. I love how you said that. If this isn't a movie you're gonna you know not watch on VHS, it's made for TV. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so the cinematographer for this also yeah. did Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, The Fugitive. Evolution with David Duchovny. <laughs> I love Evolution? that movie. I love that oh movie. Oh my god! One of these I love things that. I love is that movie. not like the other. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so okay, so this was '88. On his timeline, what other movies, like big movies, did he do before this? The one? cinematographer. Yeah, let me look. Was Rachel because Bull that might him? explain some stuff. For me, anyway. Um, yeah, he did. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. I'm in the wrong thing. He also did. Oh, he was also the DP on Space Jam. So there you go. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That explains. Kindergarten cop. All right. So (laughs) after this, he did Ghostbusters 2. Okay. um, A made for TV movie right before this called 
Gotham. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you're getting those vibes. Yeah. And then uh, Shoot to Kill. He also DP'd on Michael Jackson's Bad. One of your favorites, The Lost Boys. Hmm. Man with Two Brains. Oh, I love The Man with Two Brains. Never Have you seen, seen that? Never seen it. Never, write no, it down. Never write seen it, it down. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up with so many movie ideas now. Yes. I, will, I think that's part of our problem. We do that a lot. Yeah. And we don't write these and down. And we don't write them down. And I'm I don't write them down when I'm editing and pay attention because I kind of just drop it in in export. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. So, um, so who was your favorite ghost, Devin? Oh my gosh, the uh, the ghost of the friend, the old golfer, the ex like TV producer guy. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. I yeah. forget his name, but the one that had the rat and the golf ball coming out of his head. The the, the Bob Marley or the, the Marley stand-in. Yeah. Yes, he was amazing, and he was actually one of the times when I actually really liked Bill Murray riffing off of somebody. Yeah. Like I thought their banter back and forth was spot on, and I thought it was a really cool idea to like just not have, because trust me, I've seen a Christmas story like or or Christmas Carol, whatever it's called. Like, I've seen that. I've seen it a bunch. Like, I've read it. Like, I understand the plot. And I'm glad it's not just like, oh, there's an old man in chains again. Great. Like, it was yeah. actually a really clever idea to make it who it was. But my favorite part of that whole scene is when he takes the drink and then after Bill Murray shoots him, the, all the, the booze just comes right out of the bullet holes. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's I an love old that. gag, but it's a good one. I loved the physical humor in that entire interaction I thought was great. Oh, because, yeah. Because the physical humor in that scene matched how ridiculous the ghost looked on top of yeah. how ridiculous the conversation was with the back and forth. So yeah. I totally agree with Devin on this one. Like, yeah. That, That's your favorite one? Well, I mean... Yes, for the interaction purposes. Uh-huh. That's that's uh, that's one of the scenes that I would love to watch again. Mm-hmm. My favorite ghost was the one of Christmas Future, the creepy one. Okay, uh, I love like design that one. I yeah. love the design of that thing. Yeah, I, I'm I with you though. Yeah, the design of that is really good, and that's. Pretty standard for the Ghost of Christmas cast. True, but they but... added a TV screen for the face. Yeah, that's which the fact yeah. that he's like he's ba- that you know he runs this network. Yeah, w- which was perfect in yeah, my mind. It's definitely the a reference. good that, that him running the network is really a good way to bring the Scrooge character into the modern day. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's even though, like it's weird to think that he's the youngest TV exec. Because yeah. Bill Murray's always been like old, like old to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's not that young in this. I was like, well, he, <laughs> he kind of is. He's probably only like forty. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, that's not that old. Yeah. It's like, damn, like, it just made me feel old just thinking about it. Um. Well, what I loved about this is this, like, Bill Murray and him being a TV exec. He and especially with him doing the the Christmas Carol thing on TV while they're doing it, he's probably one of the only like Christmas Carol main characters who actually knows what Christmas Carol is. Like it was very like meta where he was like, Oh, I'm going to be visited by three ghosts. I wonder where I've heard this before. But what's weird is they never call it a Christmas Carol. They call it right. Scrooge, Scrooge, which yeah. I noticed this time it was kind of put off by it. It's like they just, because the movie's called Scrooge. We're just going to call it Scrooge. Do you think Did they, they like didn't get the rights to the name? I mean, it's is the name, name of the story. 
I think licensed that in some should way. be was I, it back in eighty eight. I mean, somebody might have had a, like some. It might have been something to do with that, but I'm pretty sure Dickens is all public domain. He has to be. He's over 100 years old, right? I yeah. thought that was the, the truth cutoff. for us now. But this movie was made 30 years ago. That's a good point. So was it then? I mean, mm. it might have just been something like somebody else did one, and they yeah. didn't want to. It also helps it stand out. But true. the fact that That's they true, never though. say it. Like even yeah. the, even the commercial when the book closes it, it says Scrooge. Yeah, maybe it's and just because like, Scrooge McDuck about. was big in the eighties. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I love. Yep, I um, do like the name though. Scrooged, screwed. Like you know, mm-hmm. like he's it's getting clever. screwed, but he's getting Scrooged. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I like that. It's clever. I, it really is. I like is. the name of the premise. Um, I also like the uh, secretary as the um stand in for well what's the guy's name in christmas carol cratchit cratchit yeah yeah the last name but i think first name's bob i think bob cratchit yeah bob cratchit yeah um because they they do a good job of doing the tiny tim thing without having him be crippled it's just no he he doesn't talk because he saw his dad die (laughs) yeah it was a great reason though like i like that i liked it um, it, it again brought it into like modern days it's not like he's dying it's just that he's having like psychological issues which it hey it's mm-hmm. the 80s um <laughs> I'm, I, I'm also surprised we didn't see anyone do cocaine in this because it's an office in the 80s and that's oh, just so yeah, what i think they were doing cocaine behind the scenes absolutely oh yeah they did show the uh the uh office floozy uh Photocopying her butt and handing them out. Oh, yeah, like I mean, out. that was just a company Christmas party. <laughs> it's just a company Christmas party. That always happens in the seventies. Yeah, in the your company parties no, like that. It was sixty-eight. Was, was it I thought. 60? Yeah, it was sixty-eight. They they do a good job of covering a lot of time. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but also like keeping the the space small because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like the set where he meets. Um, uh, Claire for the first time is yeah. uh, is just the Christmas Carol set that they have for Scrooge. Oh yeah, just repurposed. Oh, like, I would change change the door out and then yeah. like I I feel like this was made on a in a rush. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a, sure. it's a very small movie. Like they spent a lot of money on like the Ghost of Christmas Future and that's about it. All yeah. <laughs> all the all their money went into Bill Murray and makeup. <laughs> and makeup. <laughs> all the money went. Because even at the end, when you see the ghost of Christmas present and the the ghost of the homeless guy, um, I don't know what that is. Oh, my neighbor's probably showering. Um, <laughs> there, there, the you see the ghost, and you see um, you see the two ghosts that are they're they're flying, but you can see the strings that, that are holding them up. Oh like yeah, they're in harnesses. Oh yeah, and it's like oh yeah, this is super cheap. Like, <laughs> But I mean, is it super cheap or is it intentional? Because I mean, I, I mean, it gets into like, is this in his head or is it not in his head? But if he's imagining something flying like that, ATV exec would also imagine the string there. This is true. Um, I might be giving the movie way too much credit, by the way. Possibly. I don't, when it comes to a Christmas Carol, I even though I'm not into the whole thing, but I like the idea of uh, of the spirits being real. Personally, yeah, yeah, I do too. For the actual, like, for the for the message and the meaning of the actual story, I like them being real. Like, yeah, sure. I like the fact that these things actually did happen. Yeah. Um. 
so getting back to the budget thing, uh, $32 million was the budget for this. Back in 1987, really? yeah. I'm going eight, to assume. Yeah, eight, eight, well, it might have been 88 if they did 87, this. 87, 88? Yeah. yeah. So that's... that's it's like real money, kind of. Yeah, but also how much of that was Bill Murray? In 30 million. Before yeah. Ghostbuster 2. Yeah. So, so I can definitely see it like that's for a Hollywood comedy of this caliber with Bill Murray, that's on the lower end. Yeah. I, I would say. That's a good point. So definitely budget things. But it works for the movie. It makes it feel dirty and like that 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 feel that I was talking about, like the yeah. Tim Burton thing. That is part of where I get that from. Mm-hmm. Is just the, I think 10% yeah. of that budget went into the uh, pyro for the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was so worth it though um so one thing i did notice about the uh further on in that opening scene okay was the um the commercial that f- he has that he wants to run for scrooge oh yeah now what did the commercial look like for you guys because evidently there are a few versions of this and i'm curious what it looked like for you Oh really? The, you're talking about like the plane blowing up yeah. and the shotgun coming yeah. out and shooting yeah. somebody and, like, in the, the traffic stop and the nuclear explosion at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. um, after 9/11, they cut the plane blowing up. Oh, Amazon oh. showed the plane blowing up. Yeah, I think I because think it was, was like terrorism. Boom. <laughs> I think a, I think a lot of the streaming services and the DVDs still had it, but I think like TBS didn't show that. Yeah, um, that makes which sense. Make, which makes sense. Um, I just wasn't sure if it was cut from everything because you you know after nine eleven some well, we censored a lot of stuff. Well, was it? Yes. Uh, there was a movie that got pushed back. There was a uh, a c- c- collateral damage yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like yeah. that that movie got pushed back by two years. Yeah, because of nine eleven. Fun fact about that movie: you know who the production assistant was who helped uh, Schwarzenegger out through that whole movie? Who? Bill Hader. Who? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like he was his assistant on that movie. <laughs> That's amazing. Um I think it was that movie. I know he he worked for Schwarzenegger at one point. Um so one thing I did notice watching this again, which I never picked up on before. On VHS. I didn't say it that time. I was just saying, just watching <laughs> this movie. I was saying it for Something yeah. I, we'll I picked up on this time was the homeless guy. Um whenever I was watching it before, I always mm-hmm. assumed that the uh finding him was avoidable i thought that was part of the christmas futures thing sure i never i didn't realize until this time that oh no that homeless guy dies like he's he's dead like it's not a something he can change yeah it's no matter what he does that guy's frozen like he's dead i never really thought about that because his spirits the other ones at the end he's he's floating there with carol kane yeah that's a good point. Wow. Yeah, which is, never thought about that. Which is completely fucked up because usually in the Christmas yeah. Carol, a lot of the things can be changed and Tiny Tim lives and all of that that right. stuff is avoidable. But this one is like, no, we're going to kill a homeless guy. I'm like, Dick Donner. Look at my it. giant Superman dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see, that played in that scene and another scene that happened earlier. I was watching this going, oh, okay, this seems a little edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely more of kind of like maybe the earliest you want you you would want your kid to see this would maybe be like early teens, and then there was the nipple gag. 
Yes, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about the nipple gag. And then there was the nipple gag, and I'm going, okay, this is definitely a purely adult version <laughs> of A Christmas Carol, like 100%. <laughs> like, I, I and then that, that was scene even a part. with the dead homeless guy. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is definitely... Yeah. This is straight up an think adult the, version. The homeless guy scene, though, is important to the story because that's part of what makes him turn. Yeah, well, because he sees death. Yeah. Like, he sees death that he could have prevented. Yeah. Like, legit right. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Popsicle dead. Um, Anything else you guys want to talk about? I, I feel like I've dominated a lot of this one. So, well, so I mean, I got I have a couple things. Um, Sure. So, first off, um, Ghost of Christmas Present. Annoying or not? Because I actually, throughout the movie, went back and forth. I was going, wow, she's super annoying. I kind of hate this. So like, no, no, this is okay. And like, I, I don't know where I landed on it. I mean, I think she's supposed to be annoying. Um, yeah. Because he's annoyed with her. So you're supposed to be annoyed too. But she's awesome. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I like Carol Kane. She's one of the better part, parts of Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, agreed. On Netflix. Um, her and Titus. Like, they, they should just give them a show. And they make it. the show. Absolutely. Um, I could do it without Kimmy. <laughs> um, but um yeah i i like her um yeah. i also think of the like princess bride whenever she's in it yeah yeah i get um, that so i liked her um i actually liked all of the ghosts uh i like the ghost of uh of christmas past just because i feel like he fits the old style like people's d- d- depiction of like a like an asshole cabbie like he oh, just, yeah. you know, it's like a 1950s, 1960s, like asshole cab driver. Like that just, it fit for me. And I mean, then you had her, which was bubbly and silly. And then you had the, you know, the, my favorite, the, the one of the future. But I just, I liked all the ghosts in it. I especially liked her gag about the wings, about him pulling them off. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did you have, Devin? I really liked, so I liked, like I said, I've read like Christmas Carol and all of like seen a bunch of it. Like I liked how each and everything that they did was a little bit different than how it was in the original Christmas Carol, because it would have been so easy for like the ghost of Christmas future, for example, to just go to a graveyard and be like, Hey, guess what? That's your grave. But it was actually the cremation part. And then like it would cut to him in the coffin getting burned. And I thought that was really cool. And like a really good take on all of that. And like I thought it was a well set up shot too. See, this for me, this is the version of the Christmas Carol that I know the most. So I'm Oh really? Like, this is the one that introduced me to that. So everything else is like, oh okay. I like Scrooge yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. With the exception well, of I a mean, few. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, like I used to be on this huge Christmas Carol thing to the point where my mom and uh, stepdad took me to this thing called a Dickens of a Christmas up in Car- uh, Harrisburg. What is that at the Ren Fair? Yeah, it's the Ren Fair. Have you ever gone? No, but I see signs for it all the time when I go. It's just delightful, and you should go. But if you yeah, if you make it so, back to the if you make it back to the East Coast, maybe we'll have to take a trip out. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you said you're a big fan of the. You were a big fan of the Christmas Carol there for a bit. What's your favorite adaptation? I liked, I think Disney did a version of it. I, like I said, I've never seen the Muppet version. What? But it, yeah. Right, I heard that that's down. a big, right, everyone right does that. Like, and I heard that's a big deal, but I haven't seen the Muppet one, but I think 
Mickey Mouse does one, and I used to really love that one. And I then there was I, a Jim, there was a Jim Carrey one, right, where he was like CGI. And yeah, I that was I a really, Robert Zemeckis one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that one. That one was really good. I think a lot of major directors from the '80s have done a Christmas Carol. I don't, I don't think Spielberg's done one yet. Hasn't he? I don't think he has. Or wait, did he do Ghost of Girlfriend's Past with Matthew McConaughey? No, that was that the same thing? <laughs> that was have, a thing, yeah. It, it would have uh, T-Rex would be Scrooge. And <laughs> can you imagine a T-Rex wearing a top hat and walking down with a cane being all greedy? <laughs> being a... Instead of Bob, goes, <laughs> Bob Crackett's actually... Okay, so in, in 2010, they were casting for Steven Spielberg's A Christmas Carol, but it never actually came to be. And now he's making West Side Story. So I guess it all just comes to pass. So, Ryan, what's your favorite adaptation of Muppet Christmas Carol? Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. Flat out Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, you can't beat the music in that. No, you can't. And I think we're just going to have to do that one. Light the the lamp, not the rat. Light Light the lamp, not the rat. Devin, we're making you watch that. I'm okay with that. This month month is going to be Christmas. It's not going to be Christmas movies. It's going to be Christmas Carol adaptations. That's all we're doing. <laughs> Perfect. I'll make you guys watch all the ones I had to. Yeah. Um, my favorite, um, my favorite thing that they kept similar in Scrooge that's in the actual story was the Christmas party when they went back and they showed Scrooge working mm-hmm. while everybody else was still like you know like yeah. but everybody was actually having a good time at the party. Yeah. He was handing out mail and yeah. he was working right. on stuff. And his boss tells him, "Hey, you know it's it's a party. You know you can you can slow down." And he doesn't want to. I liked how there are certain points in this movie where they actually tied if not the lines, the actions and the background was just a modern depiction of exactly what happened during the original story. Yeah. I liked how they did that occasionally, but then they also threw in their old, uh, their own version of something kind of like him being in the casket going in to be, uh, burned pretty yeah. much instead yeah. of just showing like the, the TV screen on yeah. the ghost of Christmas future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that too. Um, anything else, Devin? Yeah, so um, my least favorite part of this movie, and you know I loved the movie, but my least favorite part of it was the end. And I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it, because I personally hate when everybody in a room would just start singing and everybody knows all of the words to whatever random song the main character decides that he's going to sing now. And I don't love that. And I didn't love that in this movie. And I also like, I don't know. I also didn't love Bill Murray's like overly long-winded monologue at the end, and like for some reason, like the ending just fell flat, fell flat to me. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't I, love it I, as much as I wanted to. I feel like a lot of people there would know the words to that song. It's a pretty popular song. Isn't I don't it? know. I mean, okay. So I'm just dumb, and I don't. I was know the grasping words to the at song. straws when I was hearing it. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe it's because I've mean, seen this movie so much. <laughs> Maybe it's an 80s thing. Like, maybe it was more yeah. popular back then. But, like, I don't know that song. Uh, I kind of felt the same way about the end. Like, his monologue could have stopped maybe, like, 45 seconds sooner. <laughs> I think that's, that's part of the joke, though, too. Is like, he's taking up all this airtime, and he's about to be fired. And everyone thinks he's a madman. But everyone yeah. starts to turn with him. Like, everyone's like, oh, no, this guy's cool. Like, right. 
he becomes the hero at the end, even though he like his boss has the phone in his hand to call him and yeah, yank him off the air. I know, but his boss and his boss's wife are already celebrating, like at the halfway point of his monologue. So by halfway, yeah, he wasn't getting fired. Yeah, that's how I took it anyway. And then he just kind of kept going on and on and on. And I'm just sitting there going, okay. Like, I really wanted to pause just to see how much of the movie was left because I didn't know exactly where he was going with his rant. (laughs) I mean, I think where it loses me a little bit is where Bill Murray turns to the camera and breaks the wall. Like, I think think at a certain point, it just becomes, this is an end credit montage that we're just going to give you. Like, here's everyone that was in the movie. Yeah. Um, And then roll credits. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I can I can see where it drags on for too long, but um, I I I still kind of enjoy it. I don't hate that part. I don't really sure. hate any part of this. <laughs> I think I mean I don't hate it. That was just the part that I didn't yeah. like the most. Like yeah. if I had to pick yeah, a part that, that, that I didn't that's like, that's fair. Um, let's talk about Bobcat Goldflate's uh, running gag of just being shit on the whole movie. <laughs> Okay, can I just say that I think him coming in with a shotgun was a bit much? Did I he mean, teach me that that's the way to get a promotion? And I'm not even playing at the whole like modern day like yeah. gun issue thing. I'm just right, saying just like, that yeah. him coming in with a shotgun, especially like almost a full blown elephant gun in the yeah. end to blow his head off yeah. was just a bit much. I, I mean, think I a think, pistol would have been no, fine. I think this movie, that's the point of the movie though. Everything's a bit much. Like that's... So that's the style of this movie. Everything's a bit much. Like, oh, oh so you want to oh, advertise the a Christmas Carol? We're gonna we're doing Scrooge. Okay, show this commercial where planes explode and end of the world nuclear explosions. Like the Scrooge. Like you don't want to miss it. Like everything is exaggerated. Like True. that's and there's one example of that in this film that I love. Okay, which is his brother what? is talking to him and they're in his office mm-hmm. and his brother's on the exercise bike. And above and below the window in the cross white thing. background in black text and white and uh, and the reverse, it says cross. And it has like the little like thing of like how to pronounce it. And it says something you nail people to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I loved like, oh. that. That was over the top. It didn't need to yeah. be there. But at the same time, for, for people actually watching the film, it showed a little bit of his character. That he's that like he's that person. Yeah, I loved that. Oh, absolutely. Did you notice that? I saw you nodding on the video. No, I do. I totally did. Like the whole time, I was like, "This means something." Like (laughs) because it literally, it's like it literally frames the shot. Yeah, and it's. I mean, you're right. Go over the top and speaks to Bill Murray's character a lot. I really thought it was. I agree. I like it. Something you nail people to. <laughs> How big was this text? Because I think I missed it in the grainy resolution See, of my VHS tape. This is why you don't watch <laughs> movies on VHS tape. Okay, so um, you know how kind of like a wall border. I don't. Like I don't actually room? know. I get what you're talking. Okay, about. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you're gonna play that, then I'm gonna oh. use it. If you're gonna. Can we go back to how Ryan wasn't offended that uh, Bobcat went on a shooting spree? He was just offended by the cal- caliber, uh, caliber of bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so had he that. come in with a Derringer, you'd have been like completely understandable. Well, okay, okay. Here's the thing. The, 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 <laughs> they show him getting shit on. 
throughout the entire film. Okay, yeah. so he's angry. So him coming back with a gun or some type of weapon to give back at his boss, totally understandable. He's probably drunk out of his mind. They keep they keep on showing him trying to drink, and yeah. his boss is always there in some way or form to pull the bottle out of his hand. Like, something always happens. So I get that he wants to kill him. But <laughs> that... But the gun he used was really close to being the gun that the Manhunter used in Jumanji to oh, yeah. come back and blow people away. Like, he was using a full-blown double-barrel elephant gun. And another thing that you... happened that really ticks me off as kind of a gun person is that he sh- it's a double-barrel, two-shot. There were a couple scenes where he shot that thing three or four times and, and did not reload because those things happened real quick. And, uh, uh, it happened real quick. See... When you know stuff like this, little things like that yeah. bother you. <laughs> some some suspension of reality. Like I just, yeah. it it it's he's shooting a gun at him and blowing holes in the cubicles so he can see him through. Like that's right. that's like extreme car- cartoony to me. And you even get him saying like, "Hello, rabbit." <laughs> okay, like true, true, true. But the 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 depending on the shot that he's using at that close range, you are going to blow holes uh, inside uh, inside that kind of like poster board material to see through. That's something where like they actually had the shot was right for a (laughs) shotgun. Like it's like they make shells that have the ball bearings in them to make those kind of holes. So that was realistic. It was the fact that he would pull the trigger you know, three or four times on a two-barrel shotgun. Yeah. No, I get <laughs> what you're saying, but it's yeah. a movie. I know it's a right. movie, but still. And believe me, I know that I've been on your end of this conversation yeah. for many things on, on, on many films <laughs> I, that we've seen in the yeah. past. So I, I totally understand. It's just, as a person who knows firearms, it was very, very jarring. And <laughs> 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 also, it's so easy to count to two. Because, like, if it's, like, a pistol or something like that, or a revolver where it's, like, six shots, it's, like, I'm not going to count that much. That's too much. Oh, 45. 45? A Desert Eagle. Just go, you know, just giant silver flashy handgun blowing holes in the side of the wall the size of your fist. All, all I can think of right now is the scene in Clue where Tim Curry is like, one plus one plus one plus two. <laughs> um, oh, man, I love that movie. Um, so Devin, I know you enjoyed this movie much more than Ryan. Is this going to make your annual holiday rotation now? Absolutely. It is hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Mostly because, um, my wife won't watch the stop motion animation ones. That, uh, she said that makes her sick. Oh really? So like, yeah, it's so, like, this is a movie that like, I know I can get her to watch. I know she'll watch like, so this definitely makes the list now. Okay. That's interesting that the like Rudolph makes her sick. I think it's a frame rate thing, honestly. I think like I think the movements are like too jarring and like I yeah, can see I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? Has it made your your holiday rotation? Oh mine, it's always been part yeah. of it. <laughs> oh, That's good. why I own it on VHS. I'm like, oh, we don't actually have this. We've had to rent it before. I'm buying this. <laughs> I don't care that's on VHS. <laughs> we have a VCR. Why not? See, my holiday movie r- 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 rotations, uh-huh. we've got the Jim Carrey Grinch, 
That's a staple. I have a story about that. Can I tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So I told you guys that I took my two-year-old niece to see the Grinch a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. So I get a text message the other day from my sister. Um, she had put on the Jim Carrey Grinch for my for my yeah. niece. Oh yeah. And my niece gets all excited when she sees the Grinch. She's like, oh, "Bye bye's with Uncle Alan." Aww. And I was like, "She remembered." And so I was like, "That made my day." And then I'm thinking about it, like, "Wow, she doesn't associate me with the Benedict Cumberbatch one. She associates me with Jim Carrey, and that's so much cooler." <laughs> It is. Oh, absolutely it is. It made my day. I, I just love that story. So, so. so Jim Carrey Grinch. Jim Carrey Grinch. Yeah. Home Alone 1 and 2. Okay. Home Alone 1 Good. and 2. Good choices. Uh, love Actually. Mm-hmm. I actually Never really, seen that really one. Love them. You haven't seen that one? Nope. We can save that for next year or something if you want. Yeah. Maybe. If that's not like... We've got a lot coming up in December. Yeah, so, so it'd be hard yeah. to squeeze that in. Um. Turn it, uh, a white Christmas, which we did a podcast on, yeah. I think one or two mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, um, th- that one's always in there. And then there's also random films that we'll see occasionally, maybe not every year. Um, awesome. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like scratch. I'm like scratching to try to remember what they are. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol is definitely one oh, for yeah, us. Yeah. Um, I always watch oh, yeah. that every year on Christmas. Um, no. I don't watch that one on Christmas. I usually watch Die Hard on Christmas if I can. <laughs> yes. Um, See, my favorite Die Hard was Die Hard with Vengeance. With a Vengeance. And so... When that's I was, not a Christmas movie, though. I know it's not, but it's <laughs> part of the series. So when people started saying that Die Hard to them was a Christmas film, like mm-hmm. I didn't see Die the first Die Hard first. I saw with a Vengeance first. So I always thought that was its own film for a while yeah so i didn't know this until i was in high school that there was another diehard film so Devin, you're yes. in los angeles yes you're probably going to be there for christmas definitely if you're there on christmas and i don't get a picture of you in front of nakatomi plaza oh you absolutely will i, Please. I will frame that shit and post <laughs> every year at christmas um, yeah, absolutely you know, what i'm doing on christmas diehard's definitely one for me yeah um I'm trying to think what else um, I, there's a lot of TV shows that I watch an episode of, like the Community Christmas Special, where mm-hmm. they're all stop motion and like in Abed's mind. Yeah, have you guys seen that one? I have. Um, you you do the Doctor Who Christmases? Um, I don't watch them particularly, just to watch sure. them. Um, but when the new ones come out, I'll pro- usually watch them. But I. Yeah. I'm I'm weird with Doctor Who. Like I like I'm still catching up on Capaldi. So, oh, okay. Like we're all, we're in the final stretch of episodes. Like oh, I yeah. saw his I saw we did see his Christmas special last year because we wanted to see uh-huh. him with the first Doctor. Yeah. Because we watched the movie with him where they did the biopic. Oh right. That, that was really good. So we wanted to yeah. see him interact with the actual Doctor. Um, but I'm trying to think what else. Um, I know there's more. Oh, there's an episode of Frasier that's made my rotation for every year <laughs> where um, the, Frasier and Niles and Martin have to pretend to be Jewish because <laughs> of... Yeah, that that's a good one. Um, I... Frasier meets a older woman shopping and he's buying a menorah for his son because he's half Jewish. Sure. And um, the woman's like, let me introduce you to my daughter. And so he, he starts dating this, his, her daughter 
and mm. it comes out like the day before Christmas. Like, wait, you're not actually Jewish. My mother can't know. Like you, like she thinks you're Jewish. Like that, that's a deal breaker for her. So then they just all pretend to be Jewish. And at one point, uh, Niles and Fraser in the kitchen pouring wine to bring out to everyone. And <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do the joke justice, but they have the wine in their hands and uh-huh. now like wait 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 and takes sugar and just pours it in the wine to make it more kosher. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely one of the best christmas episodes of anything i've ever seen um so definitely check that out maybe we'll do a yeah. mini episode on that yeah fraser's on my list like uh, i've never seen it and it's on my you've list never seen any of it no and it's fraser's like romana's good. favorite tv show oh man fraser is fantastic and I just remembered a movie, which I should be shot in the face for not remembering, but a Christmas story. Oh, uh, I I can do oh, yeah. I can do without a Christmas story. Here's the thing: I used to hate it as a kid. Like I absolutely hated watching it through elementary school, middle school, high school, even college. It wasn't until I got to be like 26, 27 that I actually started liking the movie, and I think it's because of the point of view of the film, because the film is about a guy remembering his Christmases as a kid. So Mm -hmm. when I was a kid or when I was younger, to me, it was stupid. What do I care about some guy trying to bring up his past? But then as I got older, I was like, oh, I can relate to this. Like, it wasn't until I could actually relate to somebody thinking back on their childhood for Christmas that I actually started liking it. Okay. And then I started getting the humor in it. So that's, uh, and I, it's gotten to the point now where we, it's it's like the week of Christmas we watch that one because Mm -hmm. it's so Christmas. That it, it's it's out of place any other time of the year. Yeah, unlike White Christmas, sure. which I can watch in the middle of June. <laughs> still, still don't think it's a Christmas movie, but that's me. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Devin, how about you? What are your go tos for Christmas? I mean, honestly, not too much. Like I said, I had this really weird aversion growing up to anything Christmas, but like I would watch the stop motion animations, so they made my rotation and still do like whenever I can because I really do love those. Which is your favorite um, of those? Oh. Um, the year without Santa Claus, yes, hands down. Same. Yeah, you and I did a really good rendition oh of that God, one for, on our just that on our album. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to see if I can um, find that. I might have that somewhere. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. So those definitely make my rotation. Um. Every usually I just kind of you know turn on whatever's on TV. Usually it's like Harry Potter. Like those make rotations a lot on TV. I don't understand why. Okay. No. No. I'm the same way because this is the time of year that I watch Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, like, I know they make a point of showing that Christmas happens, but like, Harry Potter to me is a fall winter movie series. I think that's because the first two came out in the fall and winter. But see, the thing is, I don't remember that because I didn't see them in theater. To me, it was always just that they felt like, I mean, it's Harry Potter, it's wizards and this and that. And to me, it always felt more of like a Halloween thing. Yeah. But then again, as yeah. the, but past, you know, Chamber of Secrets. You know what it is? It actually turned into more of kind of like a storyline. And I'm I just call- feel like it's more of a fall and winter movie. I'm calling this now. It's because of the John Williams score. Do you think so? I think so. The score, the, the score there is a lot similar is very similar to the home alone score. No, I agree. It, it kind of gets, yeah. it kind of gives you that like whole Christmas like feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I'll bet like, you that's it. The it's like somewhere in your memory, you, you watch it yeah. and you just think they, 
Christmas because yeah, this is kind of Christmas. Yeah, that's just the yeah. way that it is. Like for like, I just I just made a really deep John Williams joke that <laughs> no one got, and I hope no, somebody I does. Whoever got got the joke I just made, please comment on it. Please, I want to feel <laughs> justified that someone else out there knows. I am lost on this. I'll tell you guys after. Don't it, yeah, see, don't I, explain it to us. We don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, no, I do deserve it, and I will find out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so Scrooged. <laughs> yeah. Go. Oh, yeah, that movie. The point of the episode. Um. So Ryan, would you recommend this to anyone? Oh yeah, I would. Okay, I definitely would. I mean, it's fun to watch, especially for being. I mean, because I am a Bill Murray fan. I mean, I am. It's just in this film, he was. It was. It was just too concentrated for me. Okay. That's all. Like that's all it really was. All right, Devin, how about you? In a second, absolutely, I would to everyone. <laughs> all right, so I think we have to do two episodes next week, guys. Yeah, I think we we've do. got a lot. This month is going to be jam packed. We're going to end the year with a bang. So, oh, I'm um, excited. So next week, I th- mm-hmm. how 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 much do we want to space out the Christmas episodes? I how much know. Ebenezer Scrooge can we handle? Oh, all of it. Well, we will be doing a, Chris, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, that's yeah. definitely happening. So, oh, look good. forward to doing that um, sometime soon. But I know next week, Ryan still has not seen Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, we gotta do that one. And because... Yeah, um, that's a good movie. Because um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is coming out next week, I figured, why not? Um, I can't wait for that one. Because there's a lot I can talk about about that movie. I know we do a lot of... I think we've done every Marvel movie that's come out. <laughs> I think Except so. for Ant-Man and the Wasp. But who knows? Maybe we'll get to that one, too. Did you guys see that movie? I saw it. I haven't yet. It was a good movie. No, it was good. Um, yeah. But we're gonna wa- Ryan's going to watch Homecoming for the first time. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then we're gonna, we have some more stuff planned for other things coming out this month as well. So... Tune in for that next week. Um, Free of the Watch this. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Come on.